Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is November the 16th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Today went pretty swimmingly. Had a nice, nice old work day. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Is there anything else to really report outside of the personal news? No foods? No, I guess it's one of those times where I can kind of just, you know, do my startup and then get into it. All right, uh, let me do that. First up comes from the Associated Press. Heavily armed Haitian gang surrounds hospital and capital and traps people inside. A heavily armed gang surrounded a hospital in Haiti on Wednesday, trapping women, children, and newborns inside until police rescued them, according to the director of the medical center who pleaded for help via social media. The Fontaine Hospital Center in the capital of Port-au-Prince is considered an oasis and a lifeline in a community overrun by gangs that have unleashed increasingly violent attacks against each other and residents. People who live in the capital's sprawling city, Site Soleil, or City Soleil, there you go, we're going to say that's that's how it's pronounced, Uh, City Soleil slum are routinely raped, beaten, and killed. Let's see. The hospital founder and director, Jose Ulysses, or I think that's 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 how we're going to say it, told the Associated Press that gangs were torching homes around the hospital and preventing people uh, inside from leaving. He initially said it appeared some gang members had entered the hospital, but later said they did not go inside. Ulysses said members of Haiti's National Police Force responded to his call for help and arrived with three armored trucks to evacuate 40 children and 70 patients to a private home in a safer part of the city. Among those delicately evacuated, uh, among those delicately delicately evacuated were children on oxygen, he said. Uh, so yeah, that was really harrowing. Um, Ulysses identified those responsible as members of the Brooklyn Gang, led by Gabriel John Pierre, best known as T. Gabriel. John Pierre also is the leader of a powerful gang alliance known as GPEP, one of the two one of two coalitions in Haiti. Now, I was also listening to this on ABC Start Here podcast to do law news. Um, I think, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you guys want to do that by all means, Ooh, you know, but um, I believe Gabriel uh, was initially a math teacher before, you know, life changed for him. and He decided to, you know, join a gang and then become a leader of it, um, which is just a crazy, cruel kind of twist of fate, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, sadly, you know, this isn't the first kind of story we've covered out of Haiti like this. Um, I do like to talk about this stuff when it pops up because it is just as relevant as anywhere else we cover so you know i just want to start off the podcast with that information i was really glad that you know 
they were able to evacuate the hospital. People, you know, like the hostage situation didn't like escalate. Uh, it's always good to hear. Um, so yeah, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next beat. Also from the Associated Press, Biden and G met for hours and agreed to pick up the phone for any urgent concerns. That's progress. So yeah, Biden and G had some blunt talks. I just wish that they could just pick up the blunt and just let that shit talk. You feel me? I don't know. Call me crazy. Call me wild. But <laughs> when I, I'm sorry, but like literally all yesterday, I kept hearing and seeing that that phrase like Biden and G have blunt talks, and I'm like, bro, imagine. Could you imagine by Joe Biden, President President Xi Jinping, just fucking. Just, just fucking lighting up a fucking stogie, just fucking, just burning it down, dude. Just being like, bro, why, why, why shit get so crazy, bro? Why, why it like this? And then like, Jesus, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> that would, uh, that would really make that would like. I would, I would change my life to be an aide in that room, just for that. I would work. I would change everything. So if if God came to me in a fucking vision and told me isaiah if you just put in your two weeks today and you work real hard you go to washington dc one day you will be in that room where the president of the united states and the president of um china you know they're fucking just lighting up and just burning one down you're gonna be a part of that you're gonna see that you're gonna catch a contact high i would i would do it a heartbeat (laughs) okay i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry um U.S. President Joe Biden and China's Xi Jinping emerged Wednesday from their, fir- uh, from their first face-to-face meeting in a year, vowing to stabilize their fraught relationship and showcasing modest agreements to combat illegal fentanyl and reestablish military communications. But there will be steep differences on economic competition and global security threats. Um, let me see here... Also, something that was super cool and important to me. Uh, apparently, they talked about they talked about the pandas. Uh, another positive sign. Xi signaled later Wednesday that China would send the U.S. new pandas just a week after three from the Smithsonian from the Smithsonian National Zoo were returned to China, much to the dismay of Americans. There are only four left in the United States at the Atlanta Zoo. And their loan agreement expires next year. Now, I'm fucking sorry. with I'm sorry uh, for two things. One, I didn't talk about it, okay? I kept this pain to myself. I hid this from you. I, I hid this from all of you. I'm sorry. But yes, they're taking the pandas away from us. They have, they have panda diplomacy, and they are wielding it with an iron fist. They are taking them away. But apparently after this talk she's like oh wait no no worries you know what we're, we're gonna work things out things are gonna be better and we're gonna make sure you get some pandas in the future don't worry and i'm sorry if if, if, if there's anything else that we need to fight for is for is for america to make sure we get our goddamn pandas these kids need to see these pandas okay i'm sorry pandas are so fucking cute they're so adorable like like one of the cutest bears come on you can't really debate that i'm sorry um so keep diplomacy alive if not for that um, but let's see. I will say, I think another big takeaway, well, I mean, there, there, there's several kind of takeaways you can talk about. Taiwan was a big fucking talking point. Um, because, you know, yes, we are giving them ammunition. Yes, we are supporting them. Yes, we want to make sure that we like really prop them up and make sure that they're independent so that we can get their fucking like, you know, uh, computer chips because we really fucking need computer chips in America. 
uh, probably among other fucking things. <clears throat> I think we just also want Toho's in any kind of, you know, international place we can get it. Um, but yeah, we also want to say that we are like, we, we believe in back the one China policy. Um, so China is, or Taiwan is a big talking point for China. It's a big contingent point for us. So that was like a big talking point at this whole, uh, and this is like a side conference. Um, it took place in San Francisco in some like little swanky building. Um, I know I should have that at the ready, but I don't, I'm spacing. Sorry, sorry, sorry about it. Um, Let's see, they're meeting on the sidelines of the annual Asia, uh, Sp- Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Con- Conference. Um, so yeah, they, they were having this little bit of like a side thing. They were eating, apparently it was ravioli, chicken, broccolini. They had like some kind of praline thing. I don't know. I'll, I'm sorry. Like if, if we're bringing over someone, like the, the a top diplomat, a president. Like this is like a big fucking deal. Like what? what? And we're feeding him broccolini. Broccolini? I don't know. I sound off if I'm wrong about that. Maybe broccolini is fire. Maybe chicken and ravioli is fire. If you just put enough like I don't know craftsmanship into that. But like I don't know. I I would be disappointed if I took an international fucking flight and I sat down to eat that kind of meal. I'd be like, well, apparently, yeah, you guys are, you guys still don't fuck with me. Okay, fine, 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 fine. <laughs> um, but no, it seemed like they had a really good conversation for the most part. Uh, Biden d- couldn't help himself but say uh, the dictator thing. Like he still had to just add that like, yeah, he's a dictator in a sense. Like, so essentially he's kind of played it down a little bit. I feel like he he holds his stance so that he doesn't get cooked by like Fox News. Like, so he doesn't like, you know, give him too flowery of a fucking recommendation or like, you know, he's like, oh, he's sucking Xi Jinping off by like not calling it out. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a slap in the face person. Like, I, in my opinion, I don't like that. I think it's bad diplomacy. It's funny as fuck because he says this shit and like there's a there's a picture, like a video or whatever of uh, Anthony Blinken, Secretary, Secretary of State. Someone who has been, like, working his fucking ass off to make sure this shit goes without a hitch. So, like, hey, you guys haven't talked in, like, a fucking year. Not since, like, fucking Bali. Like, I want to make sure this shit goes without a hitch. We need to, like, have a good platform. Like, we need to make sure that we can actually talk about military shit so, like, we don't have, like, World War fucking whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, which is World War III. Don't, I didn't forget. Fuck you. <laughs> but anyway... You see his face just drop when Biden just drops the dictator line like, fucking hell, dude, it all went down the drain. But at the end of the day, it seemed like Xi Jinping took the whole thing in stride. He said his his piece essentially saying, hey, Taiwan's a big focus for us. Um, also to understand that, like, there shouldn't be a relationship that is unbalanced where one is trying to remodel the other. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. Also, that um, you shouldn't underestimate China. Just point blank period. Like, <laughs> if you're betting against us, you're, you're gonna you're gonna wind up wanting, and and I think that that's a valid fucking uh you know rebuff and thing to say. Um, but overall, this is kind of a nothing burger in some ways. I don't know how much is gonna get done on the whole fentanyl fucking shit. Um, but yeah, uh, there you go. I feel like I talked about this enough. Maybe some might say too long. <laughs> some might not say well. But that's fine. <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of the podcast, but. Uh, let's move along. Uh, from CNN, top House Democrats evacuated from DNC headquarters as police clashed with protesters calling for Gaza ceasefire. 
Law enforcement clashed with protesters calling for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war outside of the Washington headquarters of the Democratic National Committee Wednesday night. The latest eruption of tensions across the country over the Israel-Hamas war. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, House Minority Whip Catherine Clark, and Representative Pete Aguilar were inside as the clash between protesters and police sparked and turned violent, according to authorities. Six officers were injured during the melee. I said melee. Melee? It's melee. <laughs> Smash Brothers melee. Uh, Wednesday evening, and one person was arrested for allegedly punching a female officer. Officers, according to the U.S. Capitol Police, had worked to keep back approximately 150 people who were illegally and violently protesting in the area, a, character, a characterization activist groups later disputed, and escorted members of Congress, including the top House Democrats from the area. Uh, USCP, in a statement Thursday, defended its actions, saying that the protesters were not peaceful and that protesters moved dumpsters in front of the exits and pepper-sprayed police officers. We handled hundreds of peaceful protests, but last night's group was not peaceful, the statement said. Uh, I mean, though, some would argue that the police came in very hot with the understanding that, like, hey, you guys don't have a permit to be here. We feel like you are blocking all the exits, so therefore this is a violent thing. So you have to disperse. You have to leave. And so them saying, no, we aren't going to leave unless you guys hear us. You guys have to fucking, you know, have a ceasefire. You got, like, we are actively talking to you guys. You need to have this dialogue with us. And it's like, no, okay. Well, they wanted, like, I feel like the police didn't immediately get violent. Um, the, I know a lot of the, the talk is that, hey, um, you know, these guys came here to be violent, to be belligerent, and so then we handled it accordingly. But it's also, I feel like, from the same narrative that these guys immediately came out and were violent. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, like, the cops. So, you know, or, you know, Capitol Police, whatever. Uh, I know a lot of talk of, well, it's like the same kind of situation as uh, January 6th. So, of course, we're going to handle this very sensitively. We're going to handle this very aggressively because we don't want to have a repeat of that. But... At the same time, you don't see people, you know, going full Assassin's Creed, trying to storm the building or what have you. You have people out here saying, hey, we have a right to be heard. You know, there should be a ceasefire. Let's make that fucking shit happen. Run that shit out. And it's like, nope, okay. And then, no, we're going to fucking pepper spray you. We're going to fucking rough y'all up. I don't know. Uh, So uh, difference of opinion here, I'm sure, uh, at the end of the day. Um, I know the permit thing is a, you know, a big, you know, sticking point, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. I know that there's been a lot of rallies, a lot of protests, and some I've covered, some I haven't. Uh, a bit of an update. I know that the there was a person who was killed at one uh, pro-Israel rally. It looks like the person who did that has been arrested. Uh, I think, like as of today, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I guess it's a little bit of side news I just wanted to throw in while we we're here. Um, let's see here. What else did I want to cover from this? Um, do, 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 No, I think we're, uh, yeah, we're good. We'll, we'll say that's it. Um, all right. You know me. We have one more thing to cover and then we'll call it a day. I feel like, uh, I need to like get some food and get a little lightheaded or something. <sighs> um, 
But let me take my little break and then we will wrap this shit up. took a big gulp okay once again from the associated press thousands of starbucks workers go on a one-day strike on one of the chain's busiest days of the year workers at more than 200 u.s starbucks locations walked off the job thursday and what organizers said was the largest strike yet in the two-year-old effort to unionize the company stores the Workers United Union chose Starbucks' annual Red Cup Day to stage uh, the walkout since it usually it's usually one of the busiest days of the year. Starbucks expects to give away thousands of reusable cups Thursday to customers who order holiday drinks. The union said it was expecting more than 5,000 workers to take part in its Red Cup Rebellion. Workers were expected to picket for part of the day and visit non-union stores for the rest of the day, the union said. Around 30 stores also staged walkouts on Wednesday. Juniper Swelzer, who has worked for Starbucks for 16 years, says she loves the company and its ideals but believes it's not living up to them. They promised, that they promised the world to us and they have not delivered, said Swelzer. Uh, yes, Switzer, Switzer, well, you know, uh, who is picketing outside her Chicago store on Thursday. Frequent promotions like Red Cup Day or Buy One Get One Free offers put added stress on workers, uh, who said have no ability to switch off mobile orders, otherwise, uh, or otherwise control the flow, workflow. I don't know if you've ever been in a Starbucks like. Of course you have. Gosh, if you'd have to have lived under a rock or, like, been, like, the most, like, no, I don't. I'm going to go to local Starbucks. I don't go to Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks Whatever. If you've been in a Starbucks when it's fucking busy, it's terrible. It's bedlam. Like, it, there, it is the most insane things. Like, there's drinks. There's so many drinks on the counters. There's stickers everywhere. It's it's insane. Just the craziest drinks getting made. Not to mention you have TikTok people making, like, like who knows what just god-awful TikTok drink. Like, well, I want a unicorn macchiato or some fucking shit. And you, you just have the craziest fucking orders just constantly going, 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 going. And that's not even on a promotional day. Like, that's just truly an average day. You just have to be ready and prepared for that kind of trauma. Um, and you're, you're going and doing this shit for, like, just the worst kind of fucking pay. Um, and essentially, like, Starbucks is like, but the vibes, man, they're so cool, man, it's so great, man, coffee, yo, the bean, I don't know, Starbucks is weird, and it's crazy that they kind of just get to get away with this shit, um, I know we've covered, you know, a few of the strikes, a few, um, you know, organizations and things like that, in terms of, like, hey, we don't want to be, we want a union, let's make that shit happen, and they vote to make it happen, but at the same time, 
Starbucks is not coming to the table to negotiate. They still aren't doing any kind of bargaining. And of course they do the classic big company thing of like, no, it's not us, it's them. They aren't coming to the table actually. No, like, no, of course we want to talk. Like if you guys really want this, even though we don't agree, but like truly they are not negotiating. They are just bulwarking them at every turn. And it's very sad. It's very fucking unfortunate that this is like an ongoing thing and an issue. But it's good to see that people aren't giving up the fight. You know, like no matter what, like you got to keep showing them. You got to keep making a fucking spectacle because that's the only way that these people go, oh shit, like we're getting egg on our faces. We have to like fucking do something. Um, and because money is going to be on the line, I think at the same time, Starbucks is in an advantage here because they do talk about this a bit in the article where it's like, hey, at the end of the day, we are still functioning. Our managers, supervisors come in. We still get enough stragglers to come in. So, like, we get workers to do the job and the job gets done enough. But at the end of the day, until this shit gets worked out and people get theirs, you as a customer are still going to get coming into that kind of bedlam I described where, like, oh, man, I I just want to get my little coffee. And, like, there's just so many fucking shits going around and, like, there's just not enough people to do it. Like, it, it, this will never get solved until you give people a wage that is actually worthwhile. Until you actually accommodate them in a way so it's like, hey, we aren't going to bury you in orders because we just don't give a shit about you. And truly, it's like, not only do they not give a shit about their employees, they really don't give a shit about you, the customer. Because it's like, hey, we're giving you the ability to get whatever sloppy ass fucking coffee you want. But like, truly, it can't really get done in any kind of functional manner. But, like, sure, order from your home. Just go off. Just do it. (laughs) And Starbucks is really, you know, not the only perpetrator here. You can blame McDonald's, any kind of fucking big wig, fast food, you know, fast thingy, whatever. They do this kind of shit. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to cover that. You know, I, I wish the people who are striking and, you know, doing their thing the best on all these fucking fronts. Um, once again, I wish Biden and G the blunt, hopefully they hit that shit and they really work shit out for real, for real that time, you know, make that happen. Maybe I can maybe get in there and make that shit work, facilitate. I'm not the best roller, but I'll do it. Fuck it. Also more side news before I let y'all go. Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg. He's not dead. I'm sorry. I know I'm kind of arcing this up in like maybe a dark way, but like he's not smoking anymore. I just read that on Twitter. He like put that out. That's crazy. Like, I don't know why. Um, maybe I got to do some research. I'll get back to y'all, but like, damn, like I'm kind of going to double down just for that. You know, I feel like I have to, someone's got to take a break for Snoop. All right. That is the episode though. If you would like to help out the effort, you can become a newsy today. Patreon.com plus is news. I uh, I shout you out, top of the month, top of the morning, top of the month, though, really. Um, plug your name, plug your, your project, thing you're doing, if you'd like. Uh, IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com if you want to send some feedback my way, the old-fashioned style, Sleepless in Seattle way. Um, let's see. Hit me up on the socials, me or the podcast. Um, then hopefully you're subscribed to the YouTube. That helps out a lot. And uh, thumbs up hit bells, comment, do whatever on whatever feed you're listening to this on. Um, And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.